Welcome to the Inside Digital Transformation Podcast. Inside Digital Transformation explores how organizations of every size and shape are using technology today to survive and thrive in the face of relentless change. If you are a business or technology leader charged with making the most of digital transformation in your organization, then this podcast is for you. And now here's your host, Alan Bernard, a technology journalist, editor, and copywriter who has been covering the intersection of business and technology for over two decades. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm speaking with Scott Mager, Chief Marketing Officer for Deloitte US about the impact Gen AI is having and will have on marketing. Because it is so useful even in its current form, Gen AI is already being widely adopted in marketing departments of every size and stripe to create content, iterate ideas, and even create the outlines of strategic marketing campaigns from scratch. The use of this powerful technology is just getting started, so tune in to understand where we are and where we're about to go. Scott, thanks for being here. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate uh, you having me on. I'm excited to to talk to you today. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating time, fascinating topic, right? Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people about Gen AI. I still feel a little lost myself around some of this technology, right? Um, so I'm sure a lot of other people, too, find it challenging uh, to wrap their head around what it means to them and their organizations and things like that. But obviously, today, uh, we're talking about marketing. And because and, I, I mean, th- I think that's an early use case. Or it's an obvious use case for Gen AI, right? Certainly on the content creation side in the marketing world, right? But as I've been doing reading this morning, there is a, a plethora of use cases in sales. You bring in the sales aspect of it, right? Um, beyond obviously the, the low hanging fruit, which is generating content for A-B testing, for example, right? Or iterating, you know, a hundred, you know, headlines that may have taken you know, two days before you can do it in two minutes or yeah, hundred percent, 30 seconds. Right. Um, and, and then the challenge of course comes in, how, you know, which one do you use? Then you're overwhelmed at that point, you know, cause you know, AI still isn't making the, the final decisions yet. And I, I say yet, because that's going to change. I'm pretty sure. So, um, so obviously I wanted to get your insights into this. Um, and I figured we can start with, you know, just kind of set a baseline, you know, as to how how AI is being used today. And, and it, it's way too broad and way too deep to go into extreme detail. But if you could kind of give uh, maybe a category view of, of how marketing departments in particular have been using AI up until recently. And, and I'm assuming most have not adopted Gen AI yet. I mean, these, it's, yeah, it's, I don't think it's quite ready for prime time, but I could be wrong on that. So yeah. why don't we why don't we jump in there and and I'll let you take it and we'll just roll. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Well, let let me maybe just start with a little bit of baseline for sure. uh, you know for my my experience and knowledge in it. So you know Del- Deloitte's been working in AI for a long time, right? Both in the work that we do for our clients, um, and then the work that we do to run our organization, right? Uh, I AI sure. like like digital's been um, you know it, it's it's become like digital over the past. 20 years where it's pervasive in just about everything, every line of business, everything that we do for our, our clients. And we're increasingly using it to um, automate or derive new insights or or just drive more efficiency into the entire way that we operate. Um, sure. You know, on the, on the client side of, you know, advertising and marketing and digital experience, you know, our Deloitte digital business has done a lot of work over the past years to build AI into how we serve CMOs. Not necessarily Gen AI, which is happening now, but we've been doing, right. you know, AI has been, we've been using AI and data machine learning um, for quite a while. We, we acquired a, a bunch of different 
technology companies um, to serve our clients in the AI marketing space, customer data platforms, machine learning platforms, things that enable you know audience orchestration, next best action, um, personalized content at scale, um, things that truly get us to the place where we can better target the right user um, with the right piece of content and the right channel at the right time. You've probably heard a mm -hmm. lot of people sure. say yeah. that, right? So we, we've been doing that for the past couple of years, but you add Gen AI, Gen AI into the mix over the past nine to 10 months. And, you know, man, the, the sky's the limit. It's crazy the, the stuff that people are experimenting with and the use cases that people are uh, coming up with right now. Um, and so what's been exciting for me is to sort of, you know, work across our teams and see how to apply Gen AI to marketing, um, you know, for how we're having the Deloitte brand show up and to tell the stories of impact um, that we have, uh, that we're doing at our clients and, and to sort of get the word out about the things we're doing. So we've identified all of these marketing use cases to use internally at Deloitte in our marketing. Um, and, and the cool thing about it is we're, we're building these use cases out with some of the leading technology providers in the, in the Gen AI space, NVIDIA and AWS, Google, Adobe, Salesforce. Mm -hmm. um, we've got almost 200 marketing use cases now for Gen AI that we're working through. We prioritize about 60 of them. And we're currently um, piloting about about fifteen right now, um, and we can we could talk a little bit about that. But yeah, yeah, sure, we can bring those up. And this is internal to Deloitte, so you're the way you want to be using it, or is this kind of uh, more for your clients as well? Yeah. So so uh, maybe thirty seconds uh, on, on my background. So I I was one of the uh, people that started and led our Deloitte digital business for the past eleven years, and that's Deloitte's client service business that serves chief marketing officers around advertising marketing. Um, over the past 18 months, I've moved into the role of being the chief marketing officer for Deloitte. So to do, do Deloitte's, oh, well. so I'm no longer serving mm -hmm. CMOs uh, in, in an agency context. I'm now the CMO of Deloitte. So I'm, I'm focused on the Deloitte brand and Deloitte marketing and driving demand um, for our services out, out into the market. So Mm -hmm. When I say we've identified 200 marketing use, use cases for Gen, Gen AI, um, you know, that that's really, we're, we're using the same use cases for how we might um, serve external CMOs, but also how we're going to do our own marketing. So we work together um, with those teams. So, um, and there are probably more than 200 that are available out there to any given CMO, but that that's what we're working on right now. So can you give me a category view of, I mean, you've already checked a lot of the boxes early in the, you know, where you just started talking about, um, but can you kind of give me a category view? Cause it, it seems overwhelming to me, but you know, I'm not in marketing. I'm not a CMO. Yeah. I haven't spent the last 20 years understanding, you know, the 200 use cases and how they're done today. So. Yeah. So, uh, so Alan, I'll, I'll talk through all the, all the exciting use cases and, and the ways we can use them uh, with the one caveat that, with all this excitement, we we got to come back to a little bit of cold water at some point in time. Yeah, we're talk, gonna believe me, that's in here. <laughs> talk about the regulatory. That's on my call roadmap. That yeah, what are the yeah, roadblocks? Gonna, what are the limitations? We're gonna cycle. talk about the regulatory environment here in the yeah, regulatory Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, you, you think about some of the big moonshot moonshot ideas that you could use Gen AI for. Um, you know, things like creating and training an environment where you can completely simulate. Um, a marketing campaign start to finish. And you can almost oh. see how, how a marketing campaign is going to perform before you actually go out and, and run it. So I'm going to and, stop you right real quick because yeah. that seems like something you could be doing or have been doing. 
using standard AI modeling and, you know, statistical modeling and things like that. Well, you so can pr predict, but I'm talking about running a campaign in a, you know, in a simulation environment and, and, and actually seeing how simulated people are going to react to it. And you can't do that today? Not, not, not no, so much. Not, you can, you can well. predict and you can target and you could use Gen AI to... Um, well, to I mean, no, not Gen AI. I'm kind of thinking... For level set where yeah. it was trying to do those things. And I'm sure people were trying to do that with AI in the past, right? Yeah. Versus what Gen AI, Gen AI brings to the table in this scenario, right? That's kind of what I'm trying yeah, to Yeah. I, I mean, I think all the AI machine learning that we've, we've used helps us better target, helps us personalize, but it, it doesn't necessarily predict the entire outcome of, of a campaign start to finish. You could use okay. it to constantly test and learn a piece of content and optimize it mm -hmm. ongoing every time someone clicks on it uh, or reacts to it a certain way you can you can optimize it but not a complete si simulation so I, I think to me that's okay. you know, right. that's right. one of the big moonshots complete automation of marketing complete personalization of marketing end to end you know th th those are big and 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 complicated and things that sure. we'll eventually get to but we're you know we're we're not really there um the the things the the categories of use cases that I think we're um, we're looking at right now, you know, is automation is certainly one of them. Things like automating proofreading, automating localizing content, um, things that you almost don't really need a lot of human in in intervention for anymore. And, and there's not a ton of those where you can completely, um, you know, eliminate, but proofing and localing or localization are certainly two of them. I think, um, you know, the other category is things that you can co-pilot um, with a marketer, you know, ways that you can put tools in marketers' hands to do things, you know, better or faster, you know, things like generating website metadata, um, you know, optimize for SEO. Let's let's take the contents of a page and run it through a Gen AI platform and have it, mm -hmm. um, you know, create metadata that you can then submit to the search engines to optimize how things get ranked. You can do uh, marketers could use Gen AI to do multimodal, you know, content transformation. Um, you know, uh, which is sorry, what's multimodal would be taking one piece of content and and using it across different platforms. Yeah, digital, it, yes. print, stuff like that. that. That's right. Taking a, a large form, a large a, a large form piece of research and you know, using Gen AI to summarize it into um, a summary paragraph and summarize it even further into gotcha. a piece of social content while also um, taking the imagery that's along with it and and transforming that. So you could just do, gotcha. you know, really, really quick content transformation to use in different channels. Um, you know, we, we're using, uh, we've created sort of a, uh, a marketing brain, a, a knowledge management platform. And I've heard you and some of your other guests talk about using Gen AI in a similar way where um, we've got a lot of marketers getting up to speed on our business. And instead of reading and reading and reading and learning, we can mm -hmm. put all okay. that information into a, into a Gen AI model, private one, um, you know, a private large language model, and, and then um, prompt it on, you know, things that our marketers want to find out about our business or the things that they're, out marketing for so um so that's been really helpful from yeah, a interactive education a, yeah, yeah it's like the expert systems that are actually usable right yeah, that's, uh, that's right kind of yeah. So, yeah instead of searching for anything just having it yeah answer for you yeah. Um, yeah exactly uh you know we're doing a lot of like mood board designs on the image side of things i mean we we haven't 
necessarily been able to use GenAI for complete creation of image uh, that we, you know, images that we could use externally yet. We'll talk a little bit why in a, in, in a bit, I assume. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, getting a mood board out, what's the look and feel of this campaign supposed to be? How do we get an idea out of someone's head that isn't a designer mm -hmm. um, and, and get some mood boards in front of our designers so that they can then design off of that? First pieces of uh, of uh, of marketing content or draft press releases, uh, it, it's actually very good for for writing draft press releases, and you can actually train it to write a press release in certain people's voices. Um, so so that's been good. Now we're we're not using those things as any sort of um, you know final draft. There's a lot of human intervention. Um, a lot of approval layers and you know, sign. -offs. A lot of yeah, a lot of approval letters. You know right? and. Yeah. You read some of this stuff that comes out and it's not always accurate accurate as you know and it's um not always in the voice of the brand or, or or the person that's putting it out and so there's a lot of you know human uh editing that has to go on we we have this whole position we call it the age of width at deloitte which is the it, you know we're now in this age of width which is very much about humans and machines and and yes. the co-piloting uh that has to happen so i think a lot of the use cases that we're going to see are, are sort of this human plus machine or this co-piloting that everyone talks about. The hybrid. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, all these things, you know, we're caveating it a lot where it's not there yet. It's not there yet. But I think the assumption is it's going to be there. Yeah. Right. It's, it's going to get there. At finally. Oh, right. hundred percent. I think, and we're using it for things. And I think a lot of other brands are using it. Um, we're not using it for everything, but some of the things I just talked about, you know, knowledge management, metadata, you know, uh, that sort of multimodal content conversion, um, you know, mood boards and create we're, we're those are all things that we're doing and we're, mm -hmm. we're capturing how much time it's saving us right now. And it, it is, That's it's meaningful. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what's the what's the benefit to Deloitte in using technology to to do things that are that have been done for years by people and done effectively for years by yeah. people? So what's the benefit of adding AI or Gen AI specifically to that? Process? I think it, um, you know, I think it a for for people, uh, you know, it's like a bionic, right? Or uh, it it, it helps it helps people get things done faster. It helps you get through the mundane things. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, time recapture, which lets people focus on more strategic things. If you can get some of the more mundane, repeatable um, tasks mm -hmm. off someone's plate and have the machine do it for you, then they could focus on the more creative or the more strategic topics. And that that's sure. what we're seeing. And it, it does allow us from a marketing, you know, most corporate marketing functions have some level of fixed cost and and being able to to do more marketing for the same amount of um, budget is is really helpful for everybody. Right. We're more effective marketing too. <clears throat> Way more effective. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can only, you know, the co-pilot thing I think is huge. I love what I saw Microsoft's uh, demo a while back. I don't know where, the, where they're at with it yet, but um, I think it's in beta. But the, uh, you know, I, I've been in content for my entire professional career and we used to do uh, mock-ups on giant, easels in the back room on paper yeah <laughs> on paper with red pencils right i was come away from that but but the process still is a very manual process even you know you're clicking and cutting and pasting today it's still i'm still doing that right where i would love to be able to say okay 
post this or publish this piece. This piece has been approved, publish it. And the 12 steps that, that I currently have to do in order to make that happen, AI takes care of it, right? And then, yeah, that's uh, right. You know, and it comes, you know, uh, I think the moment that AI is going to become truly useful, you can ch challenge me on this, certainly, and please do, is when I start asking asking questions, right? So you say, publish this, and it says, when, you know, or what's the purpose of the, you know, it starts interacting with you in that way, and that you know, that's going to be a game changer as well. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think, I think you can be trained to do that. Um, and obviously you could put the parameters in, you know, in a technology environment, you can string those things together with, with workflow. And we're, we're starting to do a yeah. lot of that. Um, um, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's how does it all get coordinated with everything else that that's being put out and how does it get through your, your risk and regulatory review processes. And, you know, you have, you have to have the right, governance and organizational construct in place to do that. I mean, for everything that we do with Gen AI, you know, you still have to put a digital transformation framework around it. What are the benefits? Mm -hmm. right. You know, is it driving a more uh, customer centric approach? Is it providing support to our marketing and creative talent in a way that's better, faster, or creates more throughput? You know, are the Gen AI outputs trustworthy and ethical and timely? And right. and then how do we, how do we measure the, the effective benefits of it? So it's, you have to put that framework in place before you can sort of let it go and make sure that at every step of the way, you know, you're testing against those things, I think. You know, I, I, obviously we're not at the point where AI can start doing that for us, but I think, again, that's the goal, right? Because these are yeah. all, you know, a lot of these processes are just checkboxes, right? You know, regulatory stuff. I mean, you have to make a subjective, subjective determination whether something is uh biased for example right yeah. but even that seems like ai is going to be in a position to be making those determinations before much longer maybe already is right yeah i mean getting into biases and ethics is complicated that's a, an area that we're spending a lot of time um in focusing on how models are trained and how mm -hmm. how you know the people that train them right it, it's almost impossible to to train you know all of the biases out of a model but that that's that's a, a but, big effort you know well, what does that do to marketing? Because, I mean, we're biased. We're all biased. So we all make mistakes. We all, you know, every press release has a typo. You know what I mean? And so it's like, is AI going to scrub all of that to the point where it's too clean? Things no longer effective? No, yeah, I mean, where things right, are no, no longer effective, right? Yeah, no, we can't We we can't do that, right? But I, it's, I guess it's an open question. I don't have an answer yeah. for it. I'm just kind of I, thinking out loud here. Yeah, yeah, no, nor, nor nor do I. But um, but we're not but, there yet. Is yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah, we we, we seem to be be at a very ground level of 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 use case that has a lot of legs, right? I mean, all these things. The, everyone I've talked to, we do the same thing during the conversation. It's like, oh, what about this or what about that or <laughs> yeah, what, what about five years from now? And it's like, and it kind of makes your head spin a little bit. What's what's actually the capabilities? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people are definitely using it. I mean, we just finished uh, a whole set of surveying uh, around B2C and B2B, mm -hmm. you know, marketing executives. We had about 600 people respond. And, um, you know, 20% of those 600 are using Gen AI um, across their marketing uh, today. And 45% have, have, you know, mature plans to deploy it over the next 18 months. So I think everyone, you know, everyone's almost 50% of people are, are, are right there. How does that change? How does that, in your experience, change um, compared to just you know standard AI? 
traditional AI, I don't even know what to call it, right? Pre-gen AI. Uh, I mean, were those uh, numbers similar or, or have they dramatically increased with the advent of gen AI? I, I think they've increased with the advent of gen AI because, you know, you know, m machine learning is great in, in, in a digital sense. Um, you know, the, the traditional AI for marketing, you know, you have a lot of data, you've got some machine learning, you could sort of train it on what the next best action is to engage someone on. But I think Gen AI, um, for a couple of reasons, one, because it was released to the public where everyone mm -hmm. and their families yeah. and their kids had access to start messing around with it and see the power of it. Um, you know, everyone's thinking about it and using it. And I think it has applications, you know, both inside of and, and outside of digital uh, right. for, for marketers. It, it really can improve the entire um, marketing workflow. And, done and well. Creative right. process too. Yeah. yeah, done well. Yeah. yeah. Well, the creative process as a creative, it's it's kind of, you know, now I feel like what, you know, factory workers have felt for 30 years with automation, <laughs> right? And, you know, it's not there yet, but the, there are jobs like, you know, I'm a freelancer. So I look for, for, you know, jobs on Upwork and things like that on a fairly regular basis. And we're starting to see uh, ed AI editors jobs now, and they want you yeah. to be able to work with prompts, for example, and, and edit AI content and create it. And, and that seems to be the next evolution a little bit, at least in my profession. Right. Um I don't feel like I'm, we're going to be replaced um, anytime soon, but some of the low-hanging fruit, like you mentioned, press releases, you know, they're formulaic, right? Yeah, AP, I mean, you know, there are, you know, there is some ability for a Gen AI platform to aggregate content and editorialize it in some basic way for, mm -hmm. for feeds. Right. Um, but I don't think there's any replacing the, the thoughtfulness of a human that's or, or the curiosity of a human that's trying to write a piece of content for to educate or inspire um, a, a other people. Right. Um, I do think there's great opportunity. If you think about think about all the institutional knowledge that every smart human at Deloitte has, or or, or you know, take it to right. some of the analysts, the Gartners or the Foresters of the world. Think about all the institutional knowledge there. If they can take all of that human institutional knowledge and put it into a private large language model, and and let someone like mm -hmm. yourself, Alan loose on it for you to prompt it like you're doing a story on a topic let's go to these organizations and leverage the knowledge base they have for ideas and insights and, and research that you can then incorporate into you know your curiosity and and, and the way you're writing a piece um i think there's great opportunity for uh companies that have not necessarily um you know been out in the content space to to sort of become um you, you know, enablers to be, to be influencers, right? How, how do you create this whole, you know, you talk about the influencer co economy. Most people think about B2C influencers. Right. Yeah. And YouTubers, creators, and but Pinterest. And, right. Right. There, but there's an enormous opportunity for businesses that sit on vast amounts of incredible institutional data. And how do you make that available to, to writers? And, I, I think one of the killer use cases. Policymakers and, yeah. Well, not even. I was going to mention one that a lot of people don't think about in our world because we deal with enterprise a lot. But uh, is small businesses using Gen AI to generate uh, content for a content marketing platform they could never afford, nor right. realistically, you know, yeah. uh, or small marketing firms that cater to small businesses using to do the exact same thing and localized uh, to a local market. So if you're if you're if you're building pools in New England, because I used to work in a pool store in New England. 
uh, it's a different market than Southern California. That's right. Nevada. And it's very specific to the market. I mean, and so you could do that as a small business owner, but you're busy building pools. You're busy yeah. running books. You're running, you ain't putting out fires all day. You don't have time to, you don't know how to write. You know what I mean? So that's right. And your risk tolerance to use some of these tools may be a lot higher than a, than a large enterprise too. So I think small businesses uh, and small enterprises, it, it's it's an enormous opportunity for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and we can come up with these all day, right? We can just shut. Right, but I want to I want to kind of move on to the hype, right? Um, and, and we're at the top of the hype cycle in a major way. And you know, I love Gartner's hype cycles. I think we all do. Um, you know, you get to the trough of despair, and then you know everything falls through that crack eventually. But you know, virtual. I'm gonna I I'm gonna name check a few technologies that really haven't lived up to a virtual reality. Right. Amazing use cases, mixed reality, augmented reality, in, but they're just still not, there's no mass adoption of it. Google Glass, right? Um, blockchain. I have a Google Glass. Do you really, really like my Glass? Is, is it behind, a, is it in a, in a, in a case? It, on it's, a shelf? It, it's, yeah, it's like hanging on a wall now, but it was awesome when I first got it. I never did experience it, but it really <laughs> kind of creeped me out. Um, uh, so DLT, so blockchain DLTs, right? It, again, killer use cases, but they're very, you know, they're very niche uh, right now still. Flying cars, that's a great one, right? How long has that been around? And, and people still build these things, right? You know, and yeah. we are seeing some advancements in that area with um, um, uh, drone, drone technology, right? So eight motors and, you know, and that might, sure. those, are, those are basically helicopters at that point. Yeah. Right? Uh, anyway, on down the line, mass customization never really happened. So where do you think this, so what do you think could derail this? Let's assume a linear adoption curve, right? Just a straight yeah. exponential adoption, which is what we're at right now. Um, how can, how are the wheels going to come off of this? Thing? Well, I, I don't know if I can exactly answer how the wheels are going to come off, but like all the use cases. Or will they? Just, Sorry, let's start. Let's, yeah, I don't, will I don't the know. If they, I don't know if the wheels will come off, but will we be able to use it for all the things that we want it? We want to right. use it for in, in an enterprise environment. I think is a, is a, is a great question or a great topic to talk about. All those co-pilot use cases I talked about. There's not a lot stopping us from optimizing the marketing workflow using Gen AI. I think awesome, and it's there's not a lot stopping us from using it. Uh, to do some level of automation and personalization. I think what a lot of people are talking about, what, I, what I'm talking about is, you know, how, how do we use it to, to create, you know, branded content and, 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 and images? And, you know, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not giving any legal advice here, but the thing I've been struggling with, along with our, our legal and risk team, are the implication of using Jedi in an enterprise like, like Deloitte or for any big brand, um, uh, and even as an agency delivering branded content to a client, like if you're an agency and you're creating a new brand for a client that's paying you to create that brand, you know, what are the implications of using generative AI? And I, I, I can get into. You and I, are we talking copyright? We're talking regulatory? We're talking. We're, we're talking. Um, yeah, we're legal? talking co copyright is, is a big issue on a number of different, on, on two primary different factors for first. Um, you know, like I said, there, there's two copyright issues. Um, there's two different court case tracks re related to it. But, um, you know, a lot of the public large language models that you see out there um, in Gen AI that you or I have access to to go, you know, without paying a fee and just logging in, those, those are all based on big public um, language models filled with public content. And, right. you know, 
you can go into those and create amazing images and amazing pieces of content. Understanding what that content is based off of is a big is a big issue. If I go in and create a piece of branded content out of um, one of the big, you know, text to image tools, and I mm -hmm. I I publish that, and then, you know, someone says, well, you know, that image looks a whole lot like an image that I took, and it's copyrighted. You know, right. that's an issue. The Supreme Court put out a ruling a ruling on that back in February um that that basically says you know the the original copyright owner um owns that picture if it can be proven to be sourced from it and that, and that's a that's a big problem for a big enterprise you, you have companies like Adobe that are working to sort through that by creating a you know Shutterstock's another one they're they're creating text to image based large language models on 100% copyright free or own copyright mm -hmm. um, yep. uh, large language models. So it, it's like using the Adobe stock image library, except you're putting Gen AI, Gen AI on top of it. And you don't have to worry about someone coming from out of the blue and saying, and suing you saying, you know, that image is part of something that I own. So that's on the one end of the spectrum, it's what's the large language model being trained with and is there copyright complexities in that model. And, you know, on the other side of it, there's, uh, you know, another U.S. copyright case in Supreme Supreme Court ruling that says, um, a, you know, there has to be uh, human creation for something yeah. to be copyrighted. You cannot yeah. copyright something coming out of a, a Gen AI platform. So if I'm an agency creating a brand for a client and I'm using generative AI to create some of the imagery for that brand, my client can't copyright it. That, that's a that's a problem. If I create something for someone, that they're going to then go publish, and they can't. So does that, that image. interesting? Does that apply to content? So, for example, if I'm creating a blog post, um, and I publish it, it's now in the public domain. Um, that kind of there is some copyright around that. I mean, played you can't just lift and shift, but it's in the public domain now. So, does it apply there as well, or is it more? It 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 doesn't. Do we apply. know yet? Do you, we know yeah. Yet? Well, I, I no. I, I mean, I think there's. You know, if you if you, I can send you some of the U.S. copyright stuff that we've been looking at. Um, but you know, there is uh, a set of cases where they are saying that you cannot copyright something and publish it. Um, uh, that was created by a machine. So even if yes. you put it out there, even if you've got a copyright on the bottom of the page, if it was generated by a gen AI platform, it, it, okay. it does not qualify the, you know, human creation. Um, gotcha. So content writ large is what we're writ talking large. about. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, I, in a large enterprise, that's, that that's a problem. Right. There, not every use case, not everything that you create in marketing has to be, a has to be copyrighted. Right. But, but a lot of stuff does. Um, and especially as a Deloitte brand, even if I train my own large language model with all of my Deloitte brand, imagery and i create something you know net new um that that layers on sure. top of that the deloitte brand could still be copyrighted but the stuff that i layer on top of it can't right. be and that that could be an issue for for a big enterprise for a big well, brand. It's in, here's, here's an interesting robin i don't want to spend too much time i got a few other things i want to talk about yeah, sure but ed sheeran just got one his court yeah. case right and in the music industry i'm a musician uh there is no there's very little original anything 
right? And so to say that we, there's no original chord progressions, there's no original, you know, riffs are, are very much, you, you listen to your, you actually, that's what teachers tell you to do is copy the people you love first. That's how you become a better musician, right? Well, if you do that, then that's in your head. And so when you create something, have you really created anything new, right? And so uh, think about bar charts, right? If a gen AI creates, I'm looking at one right now, a bar chart of a series, you know, some survey data, you can't copyright that it's a bar chart or a pie chart or, or a heat map or something. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it going to be an interesting, once you dig down yeah. into a conversation, it, but it, I understand what you mean by the branded thing. Obviously there's a, there's yeah, a, it, it, it's really complicated. Now the Supreme court um, did just announce just, you know, like mid August that they're going to do another review of, Oh, you know, of this, right. And, and yeah. figure it out, but it's such a dynamic environment and it changes, um, you know, the, the, well, the Andy Warhol, you know, the Andy Warhol, yeah, the uh, Campbell case, Soup camp. yeah. you know, ha has a lot of implications. Uh, not for, for, I'm, for I'm familiar with just the fact that it happened, not actually what it was, but that's from the seventies where he was copying commercial products and as making them quote unquote art, right. Campbell. Yeah. There's a, just a recent, just a recent case in, in, in February where um, it's the, the image that he created of Prince um, off of uh, a photographer's copyrighted uh, oh, image. Okay. And um, you know, he then applies his art over, over that. And, and they ruled that, um, that the photographer owns the copyright to the image, even though he changed it. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, awarded, awarded, uh, the copyright holder and so basically said this, you know, he, you, you, you know, Andy Warhol does not own this image because just because he painted over it, he passed away years ago. Yeah. But I didn't know he was contemporary. It was the, yeah, it was the photographer right. and yeah. Okay. So it's, right. it's some fascinating case. Well, I, I, you know, it's funny all all, of all the stuff that I have for roadblocks, copyright wasn't on my list. Yeah, I have. You want to hear my road, my roadblocks? Trust, yeah, let's... regulation, privacy, saturation. Right? Yeah. You create content to the point where people just gla eyes glaze over. Who gives a crap anymore? Right? Uh, misuse um, of AI. So um, I can't think of a use case, but it, it popped up as one for me. Um, lack of understanding. These are roadblocks. Okay, these are not yeah. regulatory problems. These are not. Uh, legal issues these are roadblocks to the adoption of the technology right um so uh lack of understanding so technology for technology's sake oh we have to have gen ai right and so that you know you start this huge pilot in a big company it falls apart uh management loses interest they you know the old way it ain't broke let's right that kind of thing uh, nodding talent. my head profusely yeah right yeah yeah right yeah the talent gap who's going to do all this stuff right i mean and all, and then uh risk tolerance within the organization was one i just read about this morning and, and right and on and on and on we could probably build a hundred of these things right and, and this is kind of where i was getting to with the hype cycle question because this is what happens in so many very promising technologies that have an early out of the gate just oh my gosh we, ha we have to do this and and yet the repercussions just aren't known um nor are is the actual business viability of the technology at the end of the day is it really better and until you actually do it even at scale sometimes you just don't really know right yeah I, I, I agreed and and those things uh that you just rattled off those are all front and center for me for me right now our organization and what what i'm talking to other cmos about in the market tr trust is a huge one and mm -hmm. making sure that 
you know, what comes out of these is, is, is accurate, is correct. Right. That, that's why in the short term, I think it, it's gotta be about the co-pilot use cases. You've got to have a human, um, in the mix on on this, uh, especially on the trust side, um, you know, mi misuse is not a new use case for AI, and I think we've we've seen how different organizations and things have used AI for, you know, to uh, to pr promote fake news and and have there you go. Thank you. Deep, deep fakes, how about yeah, deep fakes, deep, deep right? fakes and yeah, and all that. There, there there's a lot of um, you know scams, and people are using Gen AI for really, you know, nefarious things yeah. right now, yeah, right now. Sure. So. Okay. Um, so uh, what are some of the drivers, though, that are, are, and we've talked about a lot of this, maybe, we, maybe we've already touched on enough of these, but uh, the drivers for adoption, right? Um, productivity, ideation, cost savings, AB, massive AB content generation, it's one of the ones I have on my list. Uh, mass, I, I say massive audience segmentation, but maybe uh, hyper-specific audience segmentation. Uh, and honestly, I don't know that that's a, that can't be done today, but I don't know how quite how useful that is at the end of the day, right? I haven't heard that, it, you know, individualizing marketing down to the individual level or down to the personal level is useful, but um, gaining insights, right, uh, yeah. from mountains of data. I mean, that's that's one of the early use cases for all AI, right, is understanding that. Um, uh, fewer missed opportunities, and these are just the ones I came up with pretty quick when I was thinking about it. So, but from where you sit, what are the drivers? What are the drivers for Deloitte to be really digging into this technology um, and, and, and adopting it at the scale that you are? Yeah, you know, I think... Um... It's a little bit about, and we can go through some of those individually if you want, but I, I think it's a little bit about what I talked about before. It's how do we get more marketing, better marketing, more personalized and targeted marketing that drives an outcome um, with mm -hmm. the sort of mm -hmm. fixed resources that that we have, right? Yeah. Um, because we don't have unlimited resources in any, in any market marketing organization, right? right? So it's it's better, faster, more targeted, more human, more engaging to an individual that you want to do something on the back of that of that, that marketing campaign. You want them to click something or engage something or show up somewhere or buy something. And um, understanding who a, a person is and engaging them at the right time with the right piece of content, you know, mm -hmm. you can't do that at scale with with people alone. Right. And, and, and that's not just Gen AI, that's AI and machine learning. Um, but that's hugely important, I think, to marketers. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, at a certain point in time, the line between marketing and contact center, call center, support and service, mm -hmm. the entire customer experience sort of begins right. to blend because a lot of those hyper-personalized use cases then start to really tick into customer service. Um, and, mm -hmm. You know, interacting with an agent or um, a banker or 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 someone, but um, but hugely important. And right. and to do it at scale is impossible with people. You know, a couple more I was thinking about. Well, does does the introduction of Gen AI change if you are starting a greenfield marketing campaign for a new client? Okay, um, does using AI change how you go about those first early stage or early days of that project? So, for example, uh, 
I'm assuming you always start with the outcome in mind and work backwards, but maybe not. That's an assumption on my part. Um, so things like that, does it actually fund, or are you just, again, we're talking about augmenting existing processes today. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a good question or not, but go ahead. Well, it, it, it is a good question. And, and look, we're, we don't, we haven't put new methodologies in place for how we're doing things consistently every single time. But I will tell you when I'm starting a strategic marketing brief, I can start it from scratch out of my head. I can start it off of the last brief and use that as a template, or I can go to Gen AI and ask Gen AI, Gen AI to think about, you know, put yourself in this context and write a strategic marketing brief for this outcome. And okay, I and what what comes out is pretty interesting, and and I can't tell you like we're doing that every single time, right? But um, there's some pretty interesting insights. It, it's definitely more valuable then um you know starting from the last campaign brief for something completely different and right. so there's some pretty interesting insights there I, I i do think um it 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 changes the way as a marketer you know you, you might start the process or think about things and hmm, interesting yeah because if you keep using the same template they used before that was successful eventually it becomes unsuccessful because it gets old because it gets old um, and you're not thinking about new things. I, if you haven't yeah. tried it, like literally ask one of the Gen AI tools to write your strategic marketing brief for something. It's okay. quite fascinating. And and ask it for the list of tactics that um uh oh, you, you would deliver that that strategic marketing marketing campaign through. And in 40 seconds, it, you know, it'll right. give you some interesting ideas. That's the that's the thing that blew <laughs> me away the first time I started using it was the time, the speed. Yeah. But I remember when Google used to make a big deal out of remembering. They still do it. 67.8 billion responses in 27, you know, point, you know, who cares? <laughs> I got up in front of uh, all of our strategic marketers uh, at, at Deloitte in a conference uh, a bunch of months back. And, you know, people had been thinking about and dabbling, but I, I, I got up in front of everybody and I said, well, instead of explaining to you the power of this, I, I'm just going to do it in front of you. And I started going around the room. Well, what are we going to market? What's the product? Who's the audience? And I just grabbed inputs from everybody and I just had it write a strategic marketing brief right there live in front of everybody and and, and people were blown away. Oh, wow. That was yeah. really I, quick I did one of the same things with one of the early, early articles I did about it and everybody was doing it. It was like, well, I asked, I asked chat GP. I can't mention that, but I asked one of the, the AI platforms, gen AI <laughs> platforms to give me some content or answer some questions. And I just quoted it and threw yeah. it in the article. Right. Alan, you can mention reason. anything you want, Alan. Right. Yeah, I can. Oh, you're right. I can, I can say chat GPT, can I? Um, well, here's another one that I thought about while we we're talking and just in the essence of time, we'll, we'll probably end it on this note, but uh, subjectivity versus objectivity, right. Uh, is, you know, um, is this the best approach? And, and today it's, you know, pretty subjective. I still think, right. I mean, you need tons of data flows through marketing. It's a data driven, you know, yeah. organization, but at the end of the day, you have to make a call and, yeah. and this would be for say for something new, right. Um, whether or not green's better than blue or orange or whatever, right. Uh, at some point you have to make that call. And I just wonder if gen AI doesn't make that a more objective activity, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think the jury's out, right? Um, okay. We'll have to see how how it performs and and what the data says and how we measure it time and and time again. But yeah, I, I think I think I think it can become more objective or more science based or more da data based uh, over time. And um, the more we trust it, I think the more we'll let it do it for us. 
Right. Well, I was just thinking you could also just ask it. Yeah. To sift 20 years worth of data. To yeah. say, is orange the best color based on, his, instead of spending the next three months sifting that data yourself. Right. Agreed. And if you trust, if you trust that it'll tell you the truth, you can make that call. But that, that's where I think the jury's out. Right. But right. And, we'll and they, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and based on what I've seen with uh, Sam Altman, right, and some of what he's talked about, the, yeah. we we haven't seen anything. That's right. I I would agree. Right. And you know, he's out there scaring the pants off everybody, and so a lot of other people. Uh, we shall see. Right. But it, 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 it's exciting and it's fun. And I think it's democratized creativity and marketing to a certain extent. Um, on the in other hand, way, in what way? What do you mean democratized? Well, it just it, it puts the ability to be a writer or hmm. creative in a lot of people's hands. Now, as a chief marketing officer, do I want every employee in Deloitte to be able to create content <laughs> on our behalf? No. I mean, we yeah. still want it to be done yeah. properly through the, the the proper channels, but it, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing what it enables people that haven't been trained as a writer or a journalist or an artist or um it it really does democratize this skill set to a certain extent. It doesn't mean everyone's going to be producing great stuff on the, on the back end right. but uh right. for now we're going to all try and see where it leads us it, it, right and that's at the end of the day that's what it is right i mean yeah. it's early days and exciting it you know it's exciting technology it's it's fascinating technology um uh, it, the thing one of the things i i talked to i forget who it was in my last podcast it won't be out for a little bit but um we talked about the fact that <clears throat> when you to describe this technology right um you have to use you have to humanize it and you just did that when i chuckled and i did this i did air quotes because yeah. you said you use the word think in reference to gen ai and it, it's the only you know what it thinks or something whatever your statement was and yeah. and it's the only way to talk about it where there's yeah. i don't think there's ever been any other technology that hasn't had a specific language to it in order to talk about apps, phones, I don't know, right? I can't think of one where you actually have to humanize it in order to make sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is, I mean, that is exactly what, you know, you know, GPT, it's what it's what it's doing. It's simulating right. uh human speech patterns. Um right. so so it appears to be thinking. Um uh right. so it's yeah, so it's it's, well, it's just, I think it's the creative nature, the instantaneous creativity that it, it presents because yeah. traditional AI or the models most people don't ever interact with, but exist in a lot of products um, are just so bounded by the use case that they, they just fall down continuously. I mean, Siri, I mean, you can't ask it anything beyond its, its, its feature set. It has no clue. And so, you know, I bet you most people don't even know it's AI going on there that, 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 that's right yeah i mean that, that's why when it came out i what's it nine or ten months now and it just was yeah, available to everybody and you could throw anything at it and got, got something back i mean ask it to write a poem ask it to write write a story yeah. um you know I, I was playing with it with my kids and it was it was fascinating um and yeah, yeah you, you can't get that from a lot of the pre-existing ai I don't think you can get that from any technology I've ever interacted. That's right. So, and so that's it's a, it is it is a uh, you hear paradigm shifting. Remember that term a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, never it, was, it, and it is. This might be. This might actually. It, it, be. it certainly is, and it's so hard to keep up with because it changes, it right. advances almost every day, and so um, it, it's a full time job to stay on top of it. Luckily, right. I have some friends that help help keep me on 
uh, abreast of it all. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah, I try to, but it's you know I I write primarily about cybersecurity right now, so I, yeah. I don't have a lot of time for Gen AI. But yeah. anyway, all right. Well, Scott, thank you. There, um, yeah, it's been great talking. Yeah. To you. Appreciate it, Alan. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Absolutely. Any other point in time you want to chat, let me know. Yeah, I will. I'll reach out. So sounds good. Awesome. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and check out our other shows. You can find Inside DT on all the major hosting platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Google. Talk to you soon. Bye.